It is eight after the hour. I am Eric Erickson, a special edition of Atlanta's Evening News here during the Hannity second hour. I've got in studio with me today at WSB former gubernatorial candidate Clay Tippins, who has been in the headlines a lot lately in local news, having recorded a conversation with the lieutenant governor, Casey Cagle, in the process of endorsement talk. Uh, Welcome into WSB. Eric, how you doing? I'm well. So thanks for joining us here. And what I'd like to do is kind of walk through your conversation, the facts of it, explore why you did it. Um, But before we begin, let me lay out the parameters of of specifically there's a piece of legislation involved in this uh, school choice legislation that funds state sponsored scholarships where individuals can give money to a state-sponsored scholarship fund and take a dollar-for-dollar tax credit for the amount of money they've given. And the state set these up. The lieutenant governor has not been a big fan of these in the past, and yet this past year helped push through an expansion of this program, raising the amount of money that can go to these programs. Now, that raises all sorts of questions given his opposition in the past to this school choice program. And so if you will, walk me through your encounter with the lieutenant governor. Yeah. So, uh, you know, when you lose, the guys that beat you call you and say, will you endorse me? Mm -hmm. And uh, I lost the race on May 22nd. And so Casey had reached out and said, you know, I'd like to meet with you and talk about you endorsing me. And I said, sure. And I went to his campaign headquarters a couple days after the race. And I sat down and, you know, we chitted and chatted about this, that, and the other for a little while. And, you know, we kind of got down to the heart of things. Mm-hmm. And he said, you know, I'd like you to endorse me. And I said, well, you know, that's me giving you my name. And I said, to do that, then, you know, I got to ask you three or four, you know, hard questions. I got to understand what motives were behind things that I've heard about or, you know, what the real facts were behind things I heard about. And we went through three or four things. Uh, this is one of them. And, uh, you know, look, I, obviously what happened, we can get into the, you know, we, could, we have a debate right. about the tactics of it. I'm sure we will before this is done. But, uh, you know, it wasn't an accident I had my phone on. I absolutely turned it on ahead of time with an intention to record the conversation. Um, and so, you know, when we got to the particular topic about the school choice bill and what had happened there, you know, basically, I said, I mean, you guys have probably heard the tape. I said, help me understand, you know, your side of the story or the facts behind whatever this school choice hoopla was, you know, with Senator Tippins. And, of course, I had heard uh, my uncle's side of it. Right. Yeah. Now, now let's back up for the listener. So Lindsey Tippins is the Senate chairman of the Education Committee. That's right. And he and the lieutenant governor have in the past largely not – supported um, this particular legislation for the expanding the state-sponsored scholarship program. And this year, they were on opposite sides of this. And I I know you and I talked ahead of time that you went during the legislative session to talk to your uncle about the program. Yeah. You know, when that bill was sitting before his committee, um, a legislator called me, and, and it actually was, a, I think, a co-sponsor, if I'm not mistaken, on the other house, and said, hey, there's this bill sitting in Lindsay's committee, 
And, uh, you know, I can't remember what he said, some drama around it or whatever. You know, what's going on there? I said, I don't know. You know, I've been busy. I've been out on the campaign trail. But I'll call him and see. Mm -hmm. And I called him. And, you know, philosophically, I'm for school choice. And so the conversation kind of started with, you know, I understand you're opposing these bills. You know, I'm not trying to tell you you're wrong or lobby on it. But just help me understand why. Um, because I've kind of observed in my short term here in this uh, politics thing, there's a lot of people that just talk about w without actually st stopping to ask the other person, why you come down on this? Where, where are you coming right. from? So I basically just said, help me understand where you're coming from. And he kind of went through it and he said, you know, I said, huh. And then, you know, that led into the discussion about the political parameters behind it with what was going on with Casey. Mm -hmm. and, and that's how I became aware of this. And so, I mean, I knew about this thing. Uh, I think that was the last week in March. Right. You know. So this this thing was uh, the Walton Family Foundation nationally is a big advocate of school choice programs and in Georgia of the school scholarship program. And one of their big allies in the state Senate against the lieutenant governor had been then state Senator Hunter Hill, uh, who had left the state Senate and rumors afoot in the legislature and elsewhere that the Walton family foundation was going to make an independent expenditure by on his behalf during the primary and Lieutenant governor apparently wanted to stop that from happening at a minimum. Yeah. I mean, when I sat down uh, with Lindsay, uh, whenever this was called the last week in March around April one, I don't remember the exact date. And I said, what's going on? I mean, basically what he said was, is um, th this is legislation you know, that Casey's backed me on killing in the past. And he said, he said, I mean, I, and I'm, give me some liberty with the facts here. Right. I'm recounting a conversation I had yes. with my uncle, and this is how he recapped it. He basically said, you know, look, Casey called me in and sat down and said, you know, this legislation that, you know, we've killed in the past, you know, this thing's got to get through this time. And uh, I think the conversation was something like, well, why? You know, well, because Hunter Hill... You know, it's going to get a multi-million dollar super PAC contribution from the Walton Family Foundation. And if I get this bill passed through, I get it in mine. And, uh, you know, so it's got to happen, period. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if I remember correctly what, what Lindsey kind of told me, he said, well, you know, look, it, I, I'll resign then. I think the day he became the, the, the chairman of the Senate Education Committee, I think he basically gave or, or told Casey, I got a resignation letter in my desk and we'll just put a date on it whenever – you know, I fall out of step with whatever, but right. I got to do what I think's right. And he basically said, remember, I got my letter ready. Just put today's date on it. We'll call it done. And he said, you know, you can then do whatever you think you need to do, but I can't go along with this. You know, I'd rather be shot for doing what's right and lauded for doing something wrong. I'm not comfortable with it. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, then basically Casey, I think, said some flavor of, well, I'll tell you what. You just pass whatever you can kind of hold your nose and get by with and feel okay about. And I'll, you know, screw the Walton Family Foundation and their check, you know. Of course, it wasn't screw. It was, you know, literally yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> and uh, so I think, you know, Lindsay had this sort of, oh, this is this is the guy I've known all these years, you know, kind of getting my back, getting the committee chairman's back. And so we went back, and if I got it correctly, he passed the bill because you got to have a bill get out of committee, right, to have Correct. a platform. Mm -hmm. So he, in good faith, passes a bill that he thinks is decent public policy out of his committee – and then he finds out shortly thereafter that there's been a, a, an amendment crafted, I think, directly out of Lieutenant Governor's office. Um, and again, I'm going off of kind of what I remember what right. I heard secondhand. 
And, uh, you know, basically I don't think he got even to see a copy of that thing until sort of the 11th hour literally sort of thing. And then when that amendment was dropped directly to the floor, it passed amongst the Republican caucus. I think it was 35-4, one against and one abstaining. Mm -hmm. And Lindsey was the sole vote uh, opposing. Right. And, um, you know, so that's – like I said, I kind of found that out Mm -hmm. right then around the last week in March or the first week in April. So now let's jump forward. You, you've had this conversation with Senator Tippins, the chairman of the Education Committee, your uncle. Yeah. He, he tells you these things. And so when you have your conversation with the lieutenant governor and recording the conversation, you bring up this legislation. And, and how yeah, does and, he recount it? Yeah, I mean, the background was at the time I asked Lindsay, I said, you know, what are you going to do? Mm-hmm. He said, well, you know, I don't know what to do. He's like, I don't think what happens right. Um. He goes, I think it's wrong. He's like, but uh, he said, she said. And he said, any discussion of this right now would look like, if I made an issue over this, it looked like I'm trying to help you in your pursuit for governor against him. My intentions would be twisted as being politically motivated to help my nephew. And I said, yeah, you're right. And I said, you know, this is one of these things, do nothing unless you can prove it. If you're going to do it, go all in and, and don't do it in a moment where it gets caught up in the broader political context. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and you know, so I'd been sitting on that for six weeks. And, you know, there, there were a lot of things I heard as a candidate that disappointed me uh, with my party. Uh, and I, I'm, I'm a conservative. I love my Republican Party. But there were things that, that I heard like this where I thought, you know, we're better than this. Mm-hmm. And this is not what we're about. And, uh, I mean, not just us, by the way. I mean, I think, you right. know, they're just in general – you have too much sausage at times, and but but I I love my team. I hold my team to the highest standard possible, and so I just made a kind of commitment to myself of if I won, then I was going to do my best to bring improved transparency and good government. And if I lost, that I was going to do the same thing. I felt like that was my mission. And uh, you know, I remember the conversation with Lindsey where he said, you know, as he said, she said. Right. So the only way to solve that is, uh, you know, take a tape recorder. So y- you took the tape recorder to the lieutenant governor, and your conversation with him has been making headlines ever since. Uh, this is Eric Erickson at WSB Special Edition talking to Clay Tippins uh, about his recording of his conversation with the lieutenant governor. When we come back, what the lieutenant governor didn't say through hearsay to Lindsey Tippins, but what he actually said to Clay Tippins coming up next. It is 24 after the hour. Eric Erickson here, a special edition of Atlanta's Evening News. Joining me in studio, former gubernatorial candidate Clay Tippins making headlines for his recording of his conversation with Lieutenant Governor Cagle. Now, Clay, we talked about the lead up to this and the law involved in the Walton Family Foundation, and you confronted the Lieutenant Governor uh, on the audio. He talks about uh, the Walton Family Foundation and the money. And what did he tell you? Um, well, look, I, I had had this conversation with my uncle um, where he said, look, you know, Casey said his motive was he's got to get the, the multi-million dollar contribution away from Hunter Hill and to his own super PAC. So that's what I had been told mm-hmm. was the backdrop. Um, and, and I asked Casey about in our conversation. Um, now, in, in our con- – I mean, you guys have all heard the tape. On the conversation, he, he says uh, it wasn't to get it into his home. It was just to prevent it from going into hunters. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, time will tell what the real facts are. 
Right. Uh, but that was what he said on the tape. So he, he's admitting that one of the reasons he pushed or the reason he pushed this legislation is to stop Hunter Hill from getting an independent expenditure to his benefit, which kind of explains the why the Kegel campaign strategy. He did go after Hunter Hill pretty aggressively towards the end. Looks like they were a little bit worried about him. But the, the other thing that I think has really stood out to people in this tape is that um, the lieutenant governor has made a defense of this sort of a scholarship program this year on the campaign trail and his efforts to improve education, and yet he tells you he thinks it's bad public policy. Yeah, he said multiple times it's bad public policy. At one point he says, uh, you know, basically, you know, this discussion about would you undo it next year? He says, yes. You know, I mean, so it's legislation that he has actively worked to kill in the past. It's legislation that I think some three times in our conversation on tape, he says is bad public policy. At one point he says, I can tell you a thousand different ways why that is. And, you know, he, he said, you know, again, that, you know, he'd work to undo it going forward. So, you know, if you're a charter school fan, you're a school choice fan out there and you're thinking, OK, well, you know, I'm kind of looked the other way because, uh, you know, in this particular case, I might not have liked how he got to the answer. We got to an answer to benefits me. You know, it was also an, uh, an opinion expressed somewhere of, uh, ah, we'll unwind it next year. Right. You know, just. You know, it, it also just uh, as an outside observer of this, it raises questions about stopping the Delta tax benefit that had been he had supported giving them the tax break for sales tax in the past. And this year doesn't over the NRA situation. And it makes you wonder if he gets elected governor, how quickly they get the tax benefit. Yeah, I mean, uh I, I wish those of you at home could see the look on, on Clay's face right now. Yeah, there, there's a level of cynicism here now there's, there's involved. A, there's a high level of cynicism. <laughs> you know, look, uh, th th that conversation flowed. Mm -hmm. You know, there was just sort of this is how it is sort of, you know, way about the conversation. And, um, you know, so I know in a few minutes we'll get into what's the criticism been, what's the feedback on this. Mm -hmm. And... There's a school of thought that says, "Hey, why is anybody surprised? This is just how it is." I was going to actually, and there's, ask there's you a about lot of truth that. to yeah. that. So, yeah, I mean, you know, you could take this example and say, "What other cases would it apply to?" And you know, the imagination runs wild on that. Mm -hmm. Well, it, you know, there is a growing level of cynicism, I think, among the public. Uh, electing candidates who on the campaign trail say one thing, and then when they actually govern, do the complete opposite. I mean, a lot of people feel that way on, on immigration in the past and Washington and whatnot, but here's a situation where there are a lot of school choice people, and the lieutenant governor worked very hard to assure them he supported them, and then to actually hear the audio where he very clearly doesn't support their position. Sure. I mean, look, I'm, if you think that there's real issues to be dealt with. If you think there's real long-term challenges to be addressed, then at some point, you know, the trust that folks have in their government and their officials matters a lot. And, you know, there's a reason why, in general, elected officials have such a horrible standing with their constituents and why there's such low voter rates, which is people cynically expect this. And this was just a a great example of what people don't like about politics and politicians. And, you know, which is not to say that all elected officials are this way, mm -hmm. you know, but, but you know, some are. And when some are uh, and, and other people stand by and do nothing, then it makes everyone sort of implicitly responsible 
for the pathetic outcome. Right. When we come back, uh, we're going to explore that, the, the criticisms, uh, the surreptitious recording of the of the conversation. And the lieutenant governor's office has already sent a response in to you. I'll, I'll read you their response and, and the points. Yes, a, a love letter to Clay Tippins from Lieutenant Governor Casey Cagle. Uh, and the, the feedback from people that, um, is this the right way to expose corruption? We'll explore those issues when we come back. It's 36 after the hour, and according to the temperature gauge in the studio right now, negative 71.2 degrees outside. So bundle up, folks. It's apparently well below freezing outside, according to the thermometer inside the studio right now. Joining me in studio on the special edition of Atlanta's Evening News is former gubernatorial candidate Clay Tippins, who recorded his conversation with the lieutenant governor. Uh, I have invited the lieutenant governor on uh, at, to be scheduled at, at a date in the future to, to respond. Um, I, I want to ask you, though, about one of the recurring conversations I've gotten from people, including texts from listeners who are listening right now, that the they appreciate the exposure of the double standards and hypocrisy, but at the same time, isn't it kind of shady to be recording a private conversation? Yeah. So, uh, you know, indulge me for a minute since this is my reputation, right? I've been (laughs) working like 45 years to build it. (laughs) You know, I think it's important to separate the why and the how, Mm -hmm. you know, you, you could question my motives and you could question the tactics, you know, from a motives perspective, um, Wanting the right thing, wanting transparency, wanting accountability. These are things I've been about my entire life. Those are me, the reasons I jumped into this race. And, um, you know, my love of those things, my fight for those things doesn't end just because I lost. So, you know, it's it's been different things. You know, A, this is political. Well, you know, if I want to make political hay out of this, then I'd probably use this during the race. You know, made a purposeful choice to wait, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, So this is simply about a a belief that if you've got the right ideas, which I think our team does, the transparency and trust and accountability and doing what you say carries the day. And it's the most important thing. Um, That's what it was about. So that's what leads you to that moment. Then you say, you know, okay, let's talk about the tactics for a minute. And, you know, I, uh, if you don't mind, indulge me for a minute. I remember um, uh, when I was in officer candidate school, and my roommate was a former enlisted SEAL. He'd been at the Batia Airfield in 1986 in the Panama War, excuse me, 1989 in the Panama War. And uh, I said, you know, I've really never been in a bad fight. You know, you got anything to teach me, you know, because I want to be a warrior, right? He said, well, Clay, you know, the first thing you got to decide is do you want to fight or do you want to kick butt? Of course, he didn't say butt being a good frog yeah. man. I said, well, he said, you know the difference, right? And I'm like, well, why don't you enlighten me? He's well, fighting is when basically you announce your presence and you say, you know, let's square off here. He's like kicking butt is when you decide what you're going to do and you go for it as hard as you can. You hit the guy and you just keep going and you never give him a chance. He's like, my suggestion to you is never fight. And, (laughs) you know, my point with the story is this. Uh, I decided that I wanted to do what it took to bring transparency and, and accountability. And if Casey, you know, there's the adage character is what you do and no one's looking so it's his words it's his recap of the story uh, was it lost on me that i was taking on a ton of risks for myself and my family 
that it would create, you know, a storm of criticism. Of course I knew all that would happen. So I made a decision this was that important to me. And if you're going to do that, then, you know, you go all in. Mm-hmm. And absolutely, I walked in with intent to film it, excuse me, whatever, tape it. Um, and I, I thought it through carefully. I thought to myself, this isn't great. I hate these tactics. But, you know, I wish it wasn't to that point. I sat there all throughout this race and hear someone tell me a story about what so-and-so did. And at the end of it, I said, why are you doing anything about it? Why don't you tell anybody? You know, why, why don't you accept that? Well, that's just the way it is. It's the way the system is. There's nothing you can do about it. You can't prove it. They're too powerful. You know, fill in the blank with all these excuses for this is the best we can have. And I just disagree with that. I want better. And I decided that I, for one, was going to do what it took to try to make it better. And if you're going to take on that fight against a very powerful lieutenant governor that, you know, might be the next governor of the state, then once you go all in, you do whatever it takes. In this particular case, that required taping the conversation. Do I like it's what it takes? Of course I don't. You know, I don't take people. It's not what I do. Uh, but that's what was required in this position, and all it did was expose his motives and his intentions as he recapped those. This is one issue. You said you talked to me about several more issues. Do you have plans to release any more of the audio? What's the, uh, what's the statement that we've learned from our dear president? I don't know. We'll see. It'll be very interesting. <laughs> uh, we'll just have to see. Uh, look, uh, I walked into that room with the intention of bringing transparency and providing a window into case he saw in his motives and his tensions and his behavior. And uh, he made that very easy by, you know, so openly talking about those things. And so uh, I started here for a very reason, which I thought it was an unbelievably clear-cut example. So the Cagle campaign, uh, while we've been talking, has emailed um, facts regarding secret recording. Uh, and they say Clay reached out to Casey to have a confidential man-to-man conversation about endorsing Casey in the runoff. Casey has said clearly that the words he used during the meeting do not accurately reflect his thoughts on the legislation that he worked to perfect for over a year. And education is an issue that Casey has fought to advance throughout his entire career. Clay expressed that his uncle had hurt feelings. Casey wanted to show compassion for a longtime colleague and understanding of Lindsay's stance on education policy. He's the first to admit his attempt at that failed and came out in a way that doesn't reflect his beliefs or principles. Casey sent out a press release on December 6, 2017, announcing his support for education initiatives such as the uh, legislation in question. Uh, Casey led to achieve the following education achievements, equalize funding for public charter schools, increase funding for the student scholarship organizations, fully funded the QBE for the first time in 16 years. And plain and simply, Casey didn't receive financial support to his, due to his position. And the Walton Foundation has said countless times they're not engaged in the governor's race. It, it, you want to respond to any of that? I'm shocked. I'm shocked that he would deny it. <laughs> I mean, come on. I mean, uh, you know, he got caught. He got busted in his own words. And so he's spinning and saying, you know, all these other things. I mean, this is – anybody would expect this. This is how it works. How I, mean, it, I mean, this is not surprising. I, I guess to the issue, um, on the on his talking point, he, he sent out a press release December 6, 2017, announcing support for education initiatives such as the SSO program before the legislative session even started. But he does say in the audio that he thinks it's bad public policy and will hurt public schools. In a thousand different ways is his quote. Yeah. And I mean, look, he 
His statement was, I beat this. I, I worked with, I think it was something like, I worked with Lindsay to beat this to a pulp in previous years. So, you know, there was a certain gusto to his, you know, three-time, you know, it's bad public policy. I did it for politics. You know, I can tell you a thousand different ways. He said it three times. There was a certain gusto to uh, beat this thing to a pulp in years past. So, I mean, you know, he, he gets to say whatever he wants to now, which is, you know, this is where my real heart was, despite what I said all these times. And voters get to decide, you know, what they believe. And, and thank God they now have a chance to decide. You know, that's the whole right. thing, right, is that this is the game. Mm -hmm. You say whatever, depending on whoever you're with, and, you know, everybody says, well, that's how it works. I don't like it. There's nothing to be done about it. So now people get to choose. Well, it, this this raises a question that I'm actually now even getting through text messages to ask you, but it, it's come up along the way. I mean, people are saying that Brian Kemp set you up to do this. Look, so let, let's let's kind of go through this. There's three options sure. left, right? There's Stacey Abrams, who I think would be horrible for our state. Mm -hmm. You know, so I clearly don't want her to be governor. Um, as you would imagine, uh, I probably won't be voting for Casey Cagle <laughs> on July 24th. Um, yeah, so am I going to, you know, have I endorsed Brian Kemp? No, I haven't. Do, do I want him to be our nominee and be our governor? I do. Um, I mean, you know, both Brian and Casey, you know, sought my endorsement. And that's not unique to me, by the way. I'm sure they right. did with Hunter Hill and Michael Williams. I mean, this is how it works. Um, but, you know, I, what I wanted to do was stay in my swim lane. And, mm -hmm. and I, knowing that I intended to do this, I kept all of my activities core on this and, you know, kind of cut off any discussions with Brian and um, – you know, that's what it is. But it, the Kemp campaign did not coordinate with you in advance to No, go to the contrary. Like I was having a conversation, you know, like I said, I'm sure myself and every other Vanquish candidate was having some flavor of this conversation. And I, I told Brian, I said, you know, why don't we put any discussion on ice for a while on who I'm going to support in this runoff? I said, I intend to do something. And, uh, you know, you'll probably figure out when I did it. Uh, do it. And I said, I'm not sure you want my endorsement after that. Mm -hmm. And I said, but it's something I'm going to do out of conviction from the heart. And um, I said, you know, between now and then, you know, let's just stop the conversation. And, you know, if you want my endorsement after that, um, and if you think that's helpful to you, and if that fits into what I'm trying to accomplish here, then we can have that discussion. Um, but, you know, it just I cut that off entirely, and he was fine with that. And I'm sure he understands why that is. I, I'm sitting here chuckling and not at you. A, a friend of mine who is a Kegel supporter has now texted at least 17 times just over and over, release the tape, release the tape, release the tape. Be careful what you wish for. <laughs> but, you know, do that. You've mentioned that this is a fight you you feel you've got to win. Um, and so I, I would expect that if, if there's a there there, we are running up into the July period. We've got the election coming out at the end of July. Um if this is a fight you feel you have to win, I mean, frankly, you're, you're taking on a potential governor yeah. of a state and uh, given your business, I, 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 I mean, I, I'm sitting here getting attacks on you and your character while we're sitting here talking from folks yeah. close to the Cagle camp. Absolutely. But I mean, look, if you look through what the reaction's been, I mean, you know, I've done a couple of things, right? I served in the service, I served in business. And so, you know, you, you learn how to do risk calculations, you know, casualty calculations in advance. And I kind of thought through what's likely to happen. You know, I knew there's a chance that, you know, Casey would still win. Um, but but I figured regardless of how it turns out, I kind of factored in and be one for one. 
you know, for one, everyone out of boy, glad what you did is what it takes to make a difference against this stuff. There'd be one, you know, you're the worst person ever walked the face of the earth sort of thing. Um, and, and it's actually been encouraging. It's been more like 15 or 20 to one positive. Now, let's talk about the ones. You know, there, there's two or three different flavors of the people that think it's awful. You know, one is there, there's the people that are Casey supporters. Again, shocked. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you know, there's lobbyists shocked that they wouldn't, you know, want how the sausage is made, you know, brought to light and exposed. Um, you know, there's people that say, well, it's horrible what, you know, he did. It's horrible your, your methods. That's a fair discussion, by the way. It's a fair discussion in my mind to say, you know, th- thank God it was exposed, but gosh, I don't like how it was exposed. Um, and then there's other people who are very dear to me, uh, you know, basically said, um, you know, what, what have you done? You poked a hornet's nest. He may still be the governor. You're going to be his number one enemy and by extension me. You know, there, there's like this, this when you do something like this, you are putting on the firing line the people around you. I mean, at one point in our conversation, Casey said himself, you know, there's going to be a memory. You know, I mean, that, that's how these things work. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I fully, I fully expect that if you are someone that has invested heavily in Casey Cagle's campaign um, and that you've known Casey for a long time and then proceed to support his campaign, that, you know, this is not what you want to see happen. And you think that, you know, I'm horrible for what I did. That's okay. That's really okay. When we come back, we'll wrap up the conversation. Eric Erickson in with Clay Tippins for Atlanta's Evening News. And um, what about his family and the toll on them with the pressure building over this tape? It is Eric Erickson here on WSB. Coming up, the president signs an executive order rescinding the separation of families at the border. The White House already saying they expect a lawsuit. I'll bring you the latest on that. Right now, though, a couple more minutes here in studio, joined by Clay Tippins, who recorded the lieutenant governor, uh, recounting that conversation. Clay, this has got to be stress on your family. I, I mean, I I know my political stands have in the past uh come back on my family, people approaching them in the grocery store, friends upset. I, I'm sure your family's dealt with this as well. Yeah, it's been interesting to watch. You know, there's the old expression, you find out who your friends are. Yeah. Um, you know, it's mixed, right? I mean, there's been people um, that that we've known and loved for a long time uh, that have basically called and said, I'm so proud of Clay. Um, there's people who we've known and loved for a long time, you know, said, you know, I can't believe he did it. There's people that, you know, we don't know. They're just the outpouring. Again, it's been a 15 to 20 to 1 positive. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's been encouraging. We, You know, I feel like we did something right. Uh, but, you know, when there's been a hand, couple, three people that we love, you know, that were critical or question mm-hmm. the methods and the tactics. And I get that. Uh, and that's hard. You know, you don't want to you don't want to have hard feelings with people you love. Um, right. But that's one side of the ledger. The other side of the ledger is just I think I think we're all proud. I mean, look, we jumped into the race as a family because we believed I was called to do it. You know, God gets to decide whether people win or lose, but we did it for the right reasons. Felt like you're called to do it. And this was really core to why we ran as a family and put ourselves forward. And this felt like the right important fight to take on. And so I think my wife and my children are proud. You know what I mean? The other thing too has been it's really been interesting gut check for me. Uh, as a father, uh, because, you know, you tell your kids, you know, stand up to bullies and, you know, don't look the other way when someone does something wrong, stand up for what's right. You know, you go through all these lessons right. and they're pretty theoretical 
<laughs> yes, you know, they are. because your kids have never seen you in a lunchroom. Mm-hmm. But then all of a sudden, you know, my children are getting a, a front row seat to watching, you know, my wife and I make decisions that are, are, are big time calls, you know, hard calls with real ramifications downstream. And and I think they've gotten to see how we make those and they get to see us trying to live what we think is our values. And uh, so I think there's been a closeness of that brought. I think there's a pride that comes with going through something as a family thinks right. Clay Tippins, thanks very much for joining us in studio today to talk about this. 